Welcome y'all to the third episode of the Outer View NBA show. It's a jam-packed episode as usual. We'll get into Anthony Davis and the Los Angeles Lakers. We'll also get into Emi Adoka and the Brooklyn Nets, along with a number of things that are happening around the association. We'll finish off the episode with our top five sleepers in fantasy basketball, along with our sports betting segment, Lock Him In. It's a jam-packed episode. Like, subscribe, comment. Let's get right into the show. from the Brooklyn Nets in regards to the hiring of Emi Adoka. It was reported that after they fired Steve Nash, that Emi Adoka would be the replacement. But there's been several, I guess, media outlets that have reported that there are several female staffers within the Brooklyn Nets organization that do have a problem with them hiring Emi Adoka, considering the news that came out of Boston there's also been some league executives who have had some reservations about that as well. There's still a lot of legwork that needs to be done before they go on and hire Imidoka. At this moment in time, I do see a path where they don't hire him and instead allow, I guess, some of those voices to impact what it is that they do. Currently, they have Jack Vaughn who's serving as the interim head coach. If they don't hire Emi Adoka, I don't think it will have much of an impact on their season. Jack Vaughn has been a head coach in this league, and I'm sure that with the, the level of players that they have on their team, they will be able to figure out whether or not they hire Emi Adoka. But Emi Adoka is a great coach. He's shown that he's a leader of men, and he would definitely allow the Brooklyn Nets to get to another level. But I will say this. Regardless if they do hire him or not, I don't see this as being a year where the Brooklyn Nets are true contenders. They have a lot of issues that they have to iron out. Kyrie Irving, he's been a distraction to the team. He's been a lot of the reason as to why they haven't been able to find or establish some sort of identity or culture. Uh, He's been out for a number of games. Most recently, he's been suspended. It may be some time before... He's back on the court playing. There's there's a number of things that the Brooklyn Nets have uh, said that they need to see done from him before they're okay with him returning to the court. So there's just a whole lot of things that are happening with the Brooklyn Nets. There's no real timeline as to when these things will be sorted out. And that's before I even mentioned what's happening with Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, he's dealing with another injury. His back uh, has been sore the last few games. He returned to action on Monday, though he was limited to the amount of minutes he was able to play. He came off the bench and he played 15 minutes. He didn't really contribute much. And the Brooklyn Nets continue to have struggles. I don't, like I said, Emi Adoka, he's a great coach. He will definitely help them in the long term in that he would be able to establish some sort of identity and culture of the team. But this year may not be the best year to bring him back considering everything that's taking place with their roster. Most likely the direction this situation will end up going in is the Brooklyn Nets do not hire Emi Udoka. 
I think a lot of people within the organization, people outside of the organization, their voices have been heard and they may have scared off the decision makers within the organization to hire Ime Adoka. My question is, when is it too soon or when is it an appropriate time to bring back Ime Adoka? I think what he did, I mean, we don't have all the details, but what he did does warrant some sort of repercussions. But what he did is not uncommon. I definitely do think he does deserve a second chance as being a head coach. He's a damn good head coach. He's shown that in his one year being a head coach. I guess the timing of this might be a little off for the Brooklyn Nets. If it was another organization that was more under the radar, there would be less of an issue of this taking place. But I think it's just everything that's surrounding the Brooklyn Nets makes this a difficult situation to navigate through. So it will be interesting in the following days and following weeks if they are able to uh, figure this out. Let's see what direction they go. Like I said, I don't think that uh, they're going to follow through. I think the voices have definitely had some sort of impact and they will uh, they probably will delay or just go in a different direction of hiring Emiyadoka. So let's get into the Los Angeles Lakers. So there's also been recent reports that the Los Angeles Lakers are open to trading Anthony Davis. I don't know how much truth there is to that. But uh, if you read some of my most recent articles and some of uh, the bold predictions that I made for the season, I did speak about the Los Angeles Lakers being a poor team or being a badly constructed team. And their only way to really get out of being this bad of a team is trading Anthony Davis. He's the only player on the team that really holds true value. Nobody's going to give up the farm for LeBron James. He's an older player. He's, he's past his prime. We've seen it this year. He hasn't been able to play at the level of play that we've seen in the past. And um, it just wouldn't make much sense for a team to mortgage their future uh, for about a year or two of LeBron James when you can get Anthony Davis, who's still fairly young. Yeah, his body hasn't been holding up over the last few years, but he's still a player that can be very impactful. He's still a a two-way player. Say if you're a team that's on the brick of, of being a contender, he will definitely get you over the hump, contribute to winning. So my question is, will the Lakers really go that path? It's definitely a risk to take. You know, going in that direction will impact, uh, I guess, LeBron James's future. LeBron James, like I said, he doesn't have many years left. And he probably will not be at ease if they are to trade Anthony Davis. It's it's reasonable for him to feel that way. But as a franchise, you have to have a long-term outlook in how you construct your team. And keeping Anthony Davis uh, is probably not a good direction to go. He hasn't shown that he can be a number one option. His body continues to break down. Each year, he's playing less and less games. It's, it's all some sort of lingering injury that he's dealing with. Finding a way to uh, bring in some assets while he's still under 30 seems like the smart thing to do and the logical thing to do at this point in time. It's definitely going to take some cajones from Rob Palenka to, to make this trade, but I think it's something that you have to do and you have to really uh, think seriously about. In my opinion, I think it's something that you have to put a trigger on. I don't know if it's going to happen during the trade deadline. 
it has to happen at some point while he's still under contract with the Los Angeles Lakers. All right, let's get into the top five fantasy basketball sleepers for this week. My first pick is OG Ananobi. OG is a two-way player, Ford for the Toronto Raptors. OG is most notably known as a 3 and D player, but he has a lot more of offensive diversity to his game that I think he's able to showcase with the Raptors. This week is going to be a good week for him to, to show more of his abilities and to diversify himself on the offensive end. Pascal Siakam is out with a groin injury for the next few weeks, so the Raptors will definitely need OG Ananobi to contribute more on the offensive end. Currently this season, he's averaging about 16 points. That offensive production will have to increase this coming week and for the next few weeks, for that matter, uh, for the Raptors to be able to sustain uh, their offensive production while they while they have Pascal Siakam rehab his injury and return to the lineup. So OG is going to be a good pickup for any team. He's a two-way player. He's currently averaging three steals a game. So he might be a tough player to even get your hands on, considering that he does so much on the court. If you're in one of those daily fantasy or, or weekly fantasy leagues, he's the player that you need to add to your team. He adds a lot of value. He has he adds a lot of impact in a number in a number of different categories. So you can't go wrong with adding OG Ananobi. Next person I got the DeAnthony Melton. DeAnthony Melton is a guard for the Philadelphia 76ers. James Harden was recently diagnosed with a foot strain. It looks like he's going to be out for at least a month. De'Anthony Melton will take the reins of the point guard position. He will most likely share the guard duties with Tyrese Maxey. Neither of those guys are, I guess, dynamic playmakers or pure point guards, but they can both uh, score the ball and they can both um, create their own shot. If you need a little more point production or offensive production in your lineup, DeAnthony Melton will have an increased role with the Sixers, which will in turn give him more opportunity to increase his scoring average. Uh, He's not the most efficient scorer, nor does he really contribute in uh, several other categories. He's currently averaging about 10 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, which is okay. I kind of see that point average going to about... 15 to 16 points while James Harden's out. He's going to be playing at least 30 minutes a game. And he's a guy who can really get some points on the board. The Anthony Melton will be definitely a good gamble to to bet on uh, over the course of the next month while James Harden rehabs his injury. The third selection is Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs is point guard for the Orlando Magic. Cole Anthony looks like he's going to be out for the next month or so. Uh, He's dealing with an injury. Jalen Suggs will now have the reins of the point guard position. He was sharing a large majority of the minutes with Cole Anthony. He won't have to worry about that anymore or look over his shoulder during games or worry about a missed shot or a bad turnover that he makes. He will have as much time as he possibly can to, to play and to develop his game and to build the confidence that's needed to be an impactful player. One thing that I do like about Jalen Suggs is he tends to play both sides of the ball. His offensive numbers are are definitely not efficient. 
He's a low, uh, low efficiency shooter, but I think that will come with repetition and time. I guess one thing that uh, with Jalen Suggs is sometimes his his defense or sometimes his offense impacts his defense. If he's not shooting well, sometimes he's able to allow that to to change the way he plays uh, defensively. So do keep that in mind that uh, his offense impacts his defense, and that might be an issue uh, moving forward. But with with all that said, um, he's a young player, and I don't think that's uncommon with a lot of players. One thing that I do love about uh, Jalen Suggs is he impacts the game, like I said, in a number of different categories. He'll get you some points, rebounds, and assists, which is definitely good. So he's a multi-category player. He'll definitely be a good add this week and for the the coming weeks while Cole Anthony is out rehabbing an injury. Pick up Jalen Suggs if you can. He's only in the second year in the league, and he has a lot of room to grow in. This month will definitely be telling with what kind of player that he can be and what type of impact that he can have moving forward. The next player I got is Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas is a guard with the Brooklyn Nets. Cam Thomas did not play for majority of the start of the season. He was out of the rotation. Uh, Steve Nash did not play him much. Steve Nash was recently fired, as we all know, early last week. Since then, Cam Thomas has seen a significant increase in his minutes. He's been part of the rotation the last few games. Two games that he has played, or three games now, he's averaging uh, nearly 19 points a game. He's not really giving you much in those other categories, but uh, Cam Thomas has shown to be a a pretty dynamic scorer. So he's pretty much uh, similar to the Anthony Melton. His percentages are a little better. He's a little more of an efficient scorer because he gets to play with Kevin Durant and and Kyrie, even though Kyrie's not playing at this moment in time, which is really good for, for Cam Thomas because he's given more minutes for that reason. But uh, I like what Cam Thomas uh, provides for the team. He gives them a scoring option that they can rely on. He's a dynamic scorer. He score with and without the ball, which is very important for the Brooklyn Nets at this moment in time as Kyrie Irving is suspended and Ben Simmons rehabs an injury and plays limited minutes. So... Cam Thomas is definitely a good get. Uh, he's a good player to add to your team. He'll add a lot of value in the pointing category. Uh, his percentages are are fair. He's not, like I said, he's not really a multi-impactful, multi-category player, but he will provide um, some sort of value. Um, if you're a team that's dealing with injuries and just needs someone to, uh, to uh, I guess, um, uh, fill a role, while you're dealing with injuries, Cam Thomas is definitely a good player to bet on at this moment in time. The last player I got is Alfred Sagoon. Alfred Sagoon has been phenomenal in this early part of the season. He's averaging nearly 17 points, 10 rebounds, and he's shooting 60% from the field. So his contributions has, has definitely been uh, in several categories. He's, he's a pretty efficient player. He's a throwback type of player. He likes to play with his back to the basket. He does struggle defensively. He's pretty slow-footed when he switched on to the perimeter and has to guard some of the quicker guards in the league. Offensively, he's shown to be pretty dominant. If you give him the bottom of the post, he's going to find a way to score more times than not. It's, it's kind of difficult for him to increase his offensive possession because there are, I guess, a number of players on the Houston Rockets that like to score and like to have the ball in their hands. He's sometimes an afterthought. On, on that side of the ball, he's, he's not a guard, so he has to be fed the ball. And 
some of their guards really do like to to shoot that ball and they don't really have any pure playmakers or guards that are pass first it's going to be hard for him to increase his scoring average and put up more points but i think he'll probably average anywhere between 16 to uh, 19 points a game this season like i said he's efficient shooting 60 percent from the field that will probably drop a little bit as the season goes along but it won't significantly drop i'm, I'm sure he'll shoot above 50 percent for majority of the year he's definitely gonna be a good ad man he's, he's a young player that will get you he'll get you double double each game that he plays and he'll do it efficiently so if he's available in your league definitely add offering sagoon to your team all right, so that is it for the top five sleepers. Now let's get into our next segment, which is the locking in segment, the gambling portion of our show. Let's get right into it. All right, so let's get into locking in. This is the last segment of our show. It's the betting portion of our show where I give some of the locking in picks at the money line for this Wednesday. So let's get right into it. The first. Lock him in selection that I got is the Los Angeles Lakers. Currently, the Los Angeles Lakers are the underdog at the money line, plus 175. I like the Los Angeles Lakers. I know they're coming off a loss. I think that this is going to be a good game for them to, to get back into the win column. Typically, when they play the Clippers, uh, they're always, there's always a little more motivation for them to perform and to show the Clippers that they are the premier team in Los Angeles. This will be a good game for LeBron James and, and I guess the rest of the squad to, to get back on track. Uh, they've been playing fairly well defensively. They're in the middle of the pack there. Offensively, they've had a lot of struggles. The pieces don't really fit. They're, they're, there's a lack of floor spacing. There's a, lot of sh- there's a lack of shooting with their team. But uh, with all that said... They've, they've shown that there are times where they can figure it out and play pretty well on the offensive. Westbrook has, has seemed to settle into his, into his role of coming off of the bench. And I think that um, this is going to be a pretty uh, impressive and entertaining game. And we'll see. We'll definitely see uh, what happens on Wednesday. But I like the Lakers' chances. The Clippers have had their struggles. They are second last in offensive rating to start off the season. They definitely do have more like, offensive players that can create, but sometimes less is more. When you have too many guys on your team that, that want the ball in, in their hands, there's not a complete pecking order, and that's something that they've dealt with in the early part of the season. So I like the Los Angeles Lakers for the mere fact that they're going to be motivated. They're playing pretty well on the defensive end, and this is a game for them to really uh, uh, get back in the win column. Uh, they, they're going to have a day of rest to get their legs back fresh to beat the Clippers. So that's my first pick. The second Lockerman pick is the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Minnesota Timberwolves are currently underdogs at the money line, plus 125. They are playing the Phoenix Suns on Wednesday. I think the, the Minnesota Timberwolves have definitely had their struggles here in the early part of the season. They've been a little inconsistent on both sides of the ball. Though they did go out there and acquire Rudy Gobert, for some reason, they've actually have been better on offense than they have been on defense. I think uh, it's going to uh, take an adjustment for them to really settle, settle in and, and to see what it is that they need to do on the perimeter defensively. We know that 
Rudy Gobert is a great shot blocker. He knows how to contest shots, and he'll take care of the paint. They're not playing the way they should be defensively on the perimeter, so that'll take some time to adjust to. I mean, they have players who are capable of doing so. I know D'Angelo Russell doesn't have a history of being a great a defensive player, and they have actually uh, moved Carl Anthony Towns to the four, so that does present some challenges as he has to guard some of those quick twitched uh, four men on the perimeter. So that's definitely contributing to uh, their lower numbers on the defensive end. But I think um, they have enough talent uh, to figure it out. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, they're a good team. Uh, they've been playing well here in the early part of the season. They recently last Cam Johnson due uh, to a, a meniscus injury. He's going to be out for at least one to two months. So that will definitely impact their lineup moving forward. We'll see how they fill in. Uh, they fill that void with him being out. He plays a integral part in everything that they do in offense and defense. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I just like the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think that they, there are games where they come out there and they compete and they play good on both ends. I think this will definitely be a game where they do that. They're playing at home. They'll be motivated to uh, get back into the win column. They lost to the Phoenix Suns on November first, so it's about a, a week now. Uh, since they, they lost, it was a pretty close game down the stretch. I think now that they'll be playing at home, they will definitely uh, have added motivation and extra effort to, to come out on top with the win against the, the Phoenix Suns. So I like the Minnesota Timberwolves here at the money line. It'll definitely be an enjoyable game on Wednesday. The last Lockerman pick that I have is the Chicago Bulls. The Chicago Bulls are playing the New Orleans Pelicans. The Bulls will be playing at home. Currently, the Bulls are the underdog at the money line at plus 105. I think the Bulls are are definitely the team to pick here. Zach Levine will be playing in this game. He's been uh, dealing with uh, some knee injuries. He's only been playing one game uh, during back-to-backs. Luckily, they're not playing a back-to-back so uh, he'll be there healthy. He'll be able to contribute and be uh, be well-rested for this game. The Bulls have been playing uh, pretty well on the defensive end. They've, they've made large strides on the defensive end. They're a lot better there than they were last season. DeMar has been playing phenomenal. Eo DeSumo, he's shown to get better pretty much every game. But for the most part, man, I like the way the Bulls are playing. I like the way they're playing defensively. Yeah, the Pelicans are probably a little more dynamic on the offensive end, but they haven't really been consistent on the defensive end, and the Bulls have. So I like the Bulls against the Pelicans. They're playing at home. They're playing. They're coming off a great win against the Toronto Raptors on Monday. Uh, I know the Raptors did not have Siakam available in that game, but uh, I think the Bulls, um, they've definitely uh, been able to play well over this last week, and I think there will be some carryover during this game against the Pelicans. So like I said, the Bulls are my pick here at plus 105 at the underdog, at the money line, and I think the Bulls are going to be the team that comes out on top against the Pelicans. So those are my four picks for the Lockerman segment. It's been an enjoyable episode. As usual, like, subscribe, comment, and let me know what you guys think of this episode, and I'm out.